Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Let's just pray. And I just really felt an anointing when um, I was at one of your pastors on the stage. just said, put your hands up and say, have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Lord, we take our hands off our own lives. We say, Holy Spirit, it's over to you now. You have our hearts, you have our attention. Remove anything in us that is not right, that is not pleasing. Lord, we don't want it. We don't want any part of it. We want you. We want you to move in power. We thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. And we thank You, Lord, that You are the God of the breakthrough. You are, and we honour that tonight. We honour that. We invite You, Holy Spirit, to do whatever You want to do. Thank You, Lord, in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Well, you know, the theme, um, as I was preparing, you know, Pastor Chrissy said, the theme is wholeness. Well, next to prayer, wholeness is my most favourite thing. (laughs) You know, some people clean, I mean, some people catch fish. They're evangelists. Well, I clean the fish. That's me. (laughs) So let's get some clean. I remember one pastor years ago, years and years ago, said to me, Debbie, why do you want to open a can of worms? Because I wanted to bring in this cleansing stream in the day, back in the day, many years ago, which was a deliverance ministry and whatever. Why do you want to open a can of worms? And I said, because pastor, the worms are still in there if we don't open the can. So let's get the worms out, amen? Let's just get them out. Let's get them out. So the Scripture that was really on my heart is I feel like the Holy Spirit is really bringing us back, stripping everything down and bringing us back to the really, really basics, the really basics of the Gospel and the basics of His Word and the truth around it. So I'm reading tonight, my Scripture tonight is Ephesians 2, 4 to 6, and it says this, But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even though we were dead in our offences, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. And He raised us up together with Him and seated us together with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ. Now, the verses before that amazing Scripture is all about what we were like before we met Jesus, before we were saved. All of you in this room that do belong to Jesus, can you stop for a moment? Can you remember what you were like? We don't want to focus on that, but I don't want to ever forget what He's actually done for me. I don't want to ever forget that. I want us to remember that. Because I don't know about you, but there was, I was an absolute mess in every way. There was nothing possibly usable about me. But there are words that the script, this Scripture starts off with two amazing words and they're, but God. But God. You know, He did what none of us could do. We could not save ourselves. We could not fix our lives up. We couldn't clean ourselves. We couldn't get rid of the sin. We could not do it. 
but God. But God, we're on a destructive course to nowhere, but God. But God, don't let us ever forget that but God, what He actually did for us. That amazing, amazing transformation of those two little words that took us into another kingdom. You are transferred into another kingdom where you have all of the privileges of another kingdom. Sometimes I stand when we're in the midst of trouble and stuff and I just say, I'm not of this kingdom. I can access the resources of heaven. I can pull them down. I can access those resources because of the but God, that but God. Don't let us ever forget those two little words. But let's have a look at the next verse. What does it says? Because of His mercy and His great love. Right? Can I just ask, did any of us deserve to be saved? You know, did God, was God up in Him thinking, oh, look, Debbie Prescott, what an amazing person. I think I'll have to save her. She's just so amazing. No, no. It was nothing in us, nothing, nothing about us. It was all Him, His love and His mercy. And can I just be, can we be really honest tonight? Do you know how many of you in this room and and all over, wherever I preach, it's the same. How many people feel unworthy and they come up and they say to me, you know, I feel so unworthy, Pastor Debbie. And do you know what my response is? You are. You absolutely are. And so am I. And that's a great place to be. If you think you're worthy, you're like saying, well, God chose me because I'm so wonderful. No, no. You are unworthy. We were all unworthy. It was not because of anything that we did or anything of who we are. It is 100% because of His love and His mercy. So can I just ask you this? I think most of us get this about our salvation. But then suddenly we flick a switch and we come into the kingdom of God. Now we think, well, I've got to work my way to get God to bless me, to get healing, to get any benefit in this kingdom. I've got to perform. I've got to prove myself. I've got to work hard. I've got to pray. I've got to fast. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And all of those things are wonderful things to open your eyes to the Spirit, to help you to be in that place where of clarity and you can hear God, you get to know Him more. But do you know what? It's the same deal. You get it anyway. You get it anyway. It's got nothing to do with your performance. I remember, you know, and I was going to use this scripture, I mean, use this example tomorrow night, but I feel the Holy Spirit wants me to just tell you now, there was this amazing man um, in our church when I was in Shakers and he got, a very, he got very ill. Just a phenomenal old man, a general in the spirit. And um, I was, you know, I was in my prayer closet and I was going to pray for him, for his healing. And I started to list, to tell God how amazing he was. And the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, I don't heal on that basis. I don't heal on that basis. 
How many of us believe that? We think because we've done this or because they're so wonderful, then they deserve to be healed. No, what does your Bible say? 2 Peter 1.3, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been given. It has been deposited in us by divine power. Let's read it again. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has, past tense, already been deposited in us by His divine power. We do not get what we deserve. We get what Jesus paid the price to have. We get it because Jesus paid a price for us to have it. Not because we're outstanding people, because we're not. We're not, it's because of Him, 100%. So next time the enemy tells you you're hopeless and you're unworthy, agree with him. Say, absolutely, that's what I do. Absolutely. But the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. I have enough dunamis power in me to blow up this entire building. Christ in me is the hope of glory, right? I'm just a container. I just come and I release the power and the anointing of the great I am, the all-sufficient Father, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. His power is within each and every one of us. Every one of us that names the name of Jesus Christ as Lord has that same Holy Spirit power inside of us. And when He tells you, you know what? You haven't prayed enough for that healing. You haven't prayed enough to be used. How can you expect anything from God? Tell Him it's too late. It's already been given. I've already got it. I've already got it. It's already inside of me. I've just got to learn by faith how to release it. But let's get rid of this. You know what? As if some are worthy and some aren't. None of us are. And let's not take it into the kingdom. We live from that place of thankfulness of what Jesus has done. And we release it through us, everything that He's done for us. Amen? Amen. You know, but I wanna go back to our text because it says three times in that Scripture that I read to you, Jesus uses the word, He's together with us, together. Now, if Jesus says something once in one passage, it's worth a lot notice, twice, but three times, he really wants to make a point. And I think we have got to live more conscious, consciously aware of the presence of God with us. We've got to be much more aware, live conscious of that. Right now, he's with you. He's right here with you. Can you feel that? You know, I say to my grandchildren all the time, you know, and they're re- most of them are really little. I've got 11 of them and <laughs> eight of them are under seven. And I say, can you feel him? He's in this car and Zion, who's four, is looking around like this. <laughs> yes, Nana, yes. You know, we wanna, I want us to live conscious of his presence, conscious. He's saying, I'm together with you. I'm together with you. I'm together with you. He wants to be with us. He is with us. But it's like we ignore him or, you know, you're in a horrible situation and you go to, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But somehow you're not aware. He's right here. He's right here. He's not here. He's here. He's here, ready to do whatever it is that's going to bring breakthrough but we've got to live much more conscious of His presence. 
you know, and I want to hit this other mindset that I've seen quite a bit, and it's this. You know, I know he's with me, but powerful encounters, they're reserved for the really special people. You know, they have these really powerful encounters, but I don't have them. Let's just talk about what an encounter is. I had a look up exactly what it means. What is an encounter? It's an unexpected or a casual meeting. Every time you read the word, every time you read the word and it changes your heart, that's an encounter. That's an encounter and it's not about how big the manifestation is. It's about when Jesus starts to change your heart. That's the real encounter. You know, can I just say, you know, I came and I said to, and and many of you have heard me minister many times before, but, you know, I had horrendous sexual abuse as a kid. When my father was dying, um, my mum left me with a neighbour because, and we weren't Christians, she left me with a neighbour because they were church people, she said, and he sexually abused me for six months. He locked me in a garage and... Anyway, he went to jail and all the rest of it for what, when it all came out. But I went into my own jail for many, many years until I got saved and until God really cleaned out everything that was deposited in me because of that. But one thing that I struggled with for years and years and years was I never felt clean. Now, I knew the scriptures about the blood of Jesus. I knew them. How many of us know scripture? I know it but I didn't know it. I knew it, but I didn't have an encounter with it. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Debbie, I want you to have an encounter with these scriptures. Now, I would love to say to you, this was 20 years ago. It wasn't. It was probably about eight, nine years ago. And yet the Holy Spirit took me to every scripture. So I looked up. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. All sin. What's that? My sin, but also the sin that was done to me. So I start to meditate on that. I start to think about that. Then he took me to the scripture that says, present your body as a living sacrifice, not your mind, not your will, your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to me. I'm like, how can anybody do that, Lord? And he said, the blood. That's how. You present your body as a living sacrifice because the blood of Jesus cleanses you. It washes you. Suddenly, I got it. Suddenly, I had the encounter. Suddenly, I could feel this wash all over me. And I have been completely clean and felt clean ever since. That's the encounter. You know, and that's available for everybody because I realised that I couldn't live that way any longer. I couldn't live knowing, I had to know. I had to know in my heart. So let's get rid of this idea that it's just for the special people. You know, it's not every, God wants to encounter with you. He wants that. He wants to free you. He knows what you need. But let's realise He's together with you and He's going to give it to you. And for some of you, it's tonight. It's actually tonight, tonight. Because we've got to start to realise how incredibly blessed we are that we are His child. How incredibly blessed we are that He picked us up and made us and put us into His family and filled us with His Spirit. 
But I want to go back to that part of the Scripture that says we are seated in the heavenly realm with Christ. Because sadly, I think this has become a doctrine and not a reality. It's a doctrine that we know, but it is a reality that we live. You see, we're spirit, soul and body. We're told in 1 Thessalonians 5.13. But that spirit part of us that will live for all eternity is right now communing in heavenly places with the Lord. Right? We are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. Right? Spiritually, I am right next to Jesus. I've got his ear. He can tell me what I need to do in every situation at any time. Right? He has the answer that I need for everything. Right? If I can't hear him, I've got to come up higher. What does that mean? It, it's not this super spiritual thing. It's just a reality that I'm not up high enough. I need to take myself away. I need to silence everything. I need to get with him because I've got to come up higher. I've got to come up higher where he is. I have got to sit in that realm where he is. You know, it's possible to live in that realm where it's more real than your current life around you. It is possible to live in that realm, to, to feel that you are. And, and I think all of us have had touches and, fit, you know, we've experienced that for a time. But I'm talking about living in that realm because I believe prophetically that's where God is taking us where we will live in that realm. So we will always be in two places. You'll have one ear listening to what's going on here, but you'll have another ear listening to the Holy Spirit, listening to Him, because we've got to learn to live in these two places at the one time, you know, but we've got to look beyond this natural realm. You see, when you're up higher, it's like being in an aeroplane, you know, you see completely from a completely different vantage point. Do you not? Totally different vantage point. And I want you to envisage this. You're over here and there's this screen, a big screen here and you're here. And over here, you know, and if you heard me this morning, you will, um, you know, you'll you realise the analogy that I'm making. So here, you're down here and there are problems you know, you've got marriage problems, you've got health problems, you've got problems at uni, you know, you've got issues that you're dealing with here, right? And then you've got a lion, an enemy screaming at you saying, oh, your marriage is finished. That exam, you're going to fail it. Don't even turn up. You're finished. You're hopeless, right? You've got an enemy roaring at you as well. But you're here and you're hearing all, and you know you've got all this stuff to deal with. Right, it's not fantasy, it's actually fact, right? But you can't, over the other side, over here, is the spiritual realm where Christ is seated and he's got all the answers. He can see what you cannot see. He can see the solution, he can see the answer and he can see what is actually gonna happen, right? And he's saying to you, come up higher. If you go up higher, you can actually see over and you can see. Right? You know, I had a son, Ben, my beautiful Ben, who was the most rebellious kid ever. I mean, honestly, he just almost, all my grey hairs, most of them were from him if they weren't from his sister. Um, you know, all I could see was a rebellious kid. That's all I could see. But there was one day when the Holy Spirit said to me, Debbie, come up here, come up here. 
Let me show you what I can see. Let me show you something. You know, and I know how to pray. I had prayed, I had fasted, I had declared, I'd bound, I'd loosened, I'd done the lot, right? No change, zero change. And I'm like, Lord, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just, you know, he's like, come up here. And I went, I just sat with the Lord. I said, Lord, just show me, show me, show me. I need to see what you see when you look at Benjamin. Show me what you see. And I had a vision without any word of a lie. And I saw him standing on a stage preaching to this massive auditorium of people. And that became more real than this, way more real. So every time I prayed for him, I didn't pray from Lord, help me, look at him. He's rebellious, he's drinking himself into the ground, he's doing this, he's doing that. I didn't pray from that place anymore. I prayed from this place because I saw it in the Spirit. I saw what God wanted to do. I saw it in the Spirit. I proclaimed it. I just kept releasing it and it birthed. You know, and five years ago, I was in the States because he's a pastor now. Five years ago, I was in the States and he'd hired out for Easter a big auditorium and he'd said to his church, he said, you can all come on Good Friday, but none of you are allowed to come on Easter Sunday unless you bring an unsaved person. I'm gonna have people at the door and unless you bring an unsaved person with you, you're not getting in the door, right? So they packed this auditorium out with unsaved people. When I walked in, because my husband and I had come over, when I walked in, do you know what I saw? I saw the vision that I had seen 10 years ago. Exactly that. This is real. This is where you've got to come up. You've got to see what Jesus sees. He wants to, he wants to elevate you above this screen, above this thing that divides where you can actually see, not just the natural circumstances, but you can see what Jesus is seeing, right? You see a rebellious kid, he saw a preacher. You see sickness, he sees healing. You see, you know, your business is failing. He sees a worldwide business just breaking through, right? But you've got to see it. If you can't see it, you can't join with Him and have the faith for it. So it's time to come up higher. It's time to come up higher, right? It's just so important because once you can see it, you can birth it. Once you can see it, you can birth it. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 10, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through the Spirit. What does that mean, right? You cannot see, you cannot even imagine what God wants to show you, what God wants to do. How is He gonna show you? He will reveal it by the Spirit. When you go up higher with Him, you will see it, you will get it, and you'll start to declare it, and then everything changes. You know, I remember <laughs> um, this young girl, young Asian girl who um, desperately wanted to be a pilot. She's a very clever kid. She'd made the grade, she'd made the cut, they'd done the physical and she had a heart condition which precluded her from doing it. Um, and she came up for prayer and, um, you know, she said, can you please pray for me? And, you know, I talked to her about her story and I said, 
you know, tell me, why do you want to be a pilot? She said, because I know in my spirit I'm meant to do it. I was praying one day and I just saw myself as a pilot. So I'm like, okay, let's pray. So we pray. She goes back to the, um, you know, to the examiner. She has to get them to retest. She's still got the heart condition. She comes back again. Can you please pray for me? Go through the same thing again. She goes back again. She goes back again. And still, no, you've got this heart condition. You can't be a pilot. She comes to me again. And she says, I saw it in the Spirit. I saw it in the Spirit. I'm going to be a pilot. So I'm like, I join faith with her. We declare it. She goes back again. Do you know what she's doing now? She's a pilot. She was healed. This is power. This is power. Because she saw it in the Spirit. She saw it in the Spirit. You know, um, there's another very compelling Scripture to me in John 5, 19. And this is Jesus talking and He says, The Son can do nothing by Himself. He can only do what He sees the Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Do you understand what that means? It means when He comes to Lazarus, right, He's taking His time. He's already seen Lazarus being raised from the dead. He's seen it because he only does what he sees the Father doing. He's been with the Father. He's been in that heavenly realm with the Father. He sees it. So that's why he goes, he proclaims it and it's done. The Bible says everything that he did, he saw the Father doing. You know what? We're seated with Jesus in the heavenly realm. We can see what he can see. We can actually see it. We can have it. And we've got to press into this. This is a time when we've got to press into this and believe for this miracle. You know, we are also seated, it says, far above, not near, far above every demonic principality and power. Ephesians 1.20, right? Far above. So let me ask you this question because what I ask myself, why do we come down to the enemy's level? Right, because what happens when we listen to fear, we lose our footing, right? And we come down. We come down, you know, and you know when you're fighting at the enemy's level, right? You know, because you feel defeated and exhausted. Now, you can fight at the enemy's level and you can take some wins, but it's a bit hit and miss, all right? I've done it for years and been exhausted and discouraged, and I've, I've, I've had some wins. But there's another way, another way in the Spirit where you spend that time, you take yourself away, you sit with the Lord, you wait for the strategy, you ask Him for the strategy, you ask Him for what you do, you ask Him for what He, how He wants you to pray. Then you fire down that strategy, you fire it down and it hits the mark every time, every time. We just sung a song, this is how I fight my battles. I sit at the table. This is how I fight my battles. You just sit with the Lord. You worship Him. You praise Him. You ask Him for the strategy and then you get it and you fire it. And I tell you what, it's a lot easier warfare and it's a lot more effective. You know, um, a girlfriend of mine, in fact, she was the assistant prayer pastor when we were at Shakers and her daughter was in a horribly difficult relationship um, with a guy that nobody wanted her to marry. <laughs> Um, but she was set on marrying this guy. 
And again, we all bound and loose and did everything that we all knew to do. Um, and, and she was set on this, you know, because we're fighting her mum and all of us were fighting at the level of the demonic. We're trying this, we're trying this, we're taking the heat here. You know, we're binding this, we're doing this, you know. All of a sudden, it's like my girlfriend decided, no, I'm, I'm going to go away with the Lord. I'm just going to talk to him. I'm going to ask him, Father, what's the strategy? What do you want? What do you want? And he said to her these words, okay, this is what I want. I want you to invite this young man to dinner or to lunch, your choice, and I want you to repent to him for being um, unkind to him, for being unhospitable to him, and I want you to apologise to him. She's like, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) But she knew the voice of the Spirit. So she said it was like chewing glass, but she rang him. She met with him. She said, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, everyone has always been welcome in our home. I'm sorry that we've not made you feel welcome. I'm sorry that we've disrespected you. Will you please forgive us? You know, can we start afresh? You know, we want to honour you. And, um, you know, we, we really want to be hospitable to you. And he was like a bit taken aback. But, you know, anyway, do you know within two months that relationship was finished? Within two months, something shifted in her daughter and bang, the relationship was finished. Why? Because my girlfriend got the right strategy from being seated with the Lord, from being seated in Christ in the heavenly realm. You know, so you can fight on the enemy's level, but you're punching up. (laughs) You know, it's hard when he's all over you and you're trying to, you know, or you can fire down. Let's make a decision. It's a lot easier to fire down. Amen. You know me, because when the enemy starts to get at you, you pick up the wrong weapons, don't you? You start to lose your temper with that kid. (laughs) You start to become really controlling because you've lost the plot. It's just the enemy's got to you and now you're on the back foot. Whereas when you're seated in Christ, it's a whole different realm. It's a whole different experience. You know, and just as a sideline, you know, I believe for each season that we're in, the, 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 the Holy Spirit highlights a particular weapon. And I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, it was really the power of declaration. And that's a big, big tool and an important weapon, the power of the written word within our mouths in declaring it. But I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, do you know what the weapon is for this season? You know what it is? It's meekness and humility. That's the weapon for this season. And I've been asking constantly, asking the Holy Spirit for a baptism in humility. You know, to come down even lower because I know that is the weapon that, that the Holy Spirit has shown me from that place of being with him to actually take out the enemy in this season. You know, someone, some of you, have, and I had someone say this to me this week. You know, he wants to, um, he's done with church, he's a pastor. He said, I've heard too much. I've just heard too much. You know, I've seen too much, I've heard too much. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, tell him to come up higher. He won't hear any of that up there. <laughs> and then he took me, he took me and reminded me years ago of this girl that was a worship leader in Richmond AOG when we were really young Christians. You know, we were in our early 20s. She was a phenomenal worship leader. She could come into the spirit when, you know, it was unheard of in those days, but she could just move in the spirit. 
But she's one of those girls that never knew the local gossip about anything. You know, someone was being fired, she didn't know about it. Something else was happening, she had no clue about any of it. You know, and that's none. She was like completely vacant, like what, what? But you asked her what the Holy Spirit was going to do in her service. You watched her move in the prophetic. It was like, oh my goodness, why? Because she was up there. She didn't know the gossip. She didn't know any of this other stuff. But I tell you what, she knew the things of the Spirit. And it's time for us to go up higher, to go up higher, to go up higher than we've ever been before. You know, and when we're up there, as I said, you fight down. You don't, you fight down with this specific strategy that the Holy Spirit's given you. But what I also want to focus on tonight, oh, there's two things. Firstly, you're seated, you're not standing. Now, seating talks about authority, right? When you're seated in in Scripture, it talks about authority and also honour. God is actually honouring you. He's given you a seat, Right, And when you sit with Him, you have authority in the Spirit. You have authority. You know, there's a lot of people that want position in this world. They want position on staff. They want position. But I say to people all the time, I don't want that authority. I want spiritual authority. I want the authority when I know categorically when I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Right, And that comes from that place That comes from that place where it's like, I'm seated. I know, Lord, you've done it all. You're going to tell me. I'm going to do it. I hear you. And then you go for it and it's done. It's a done job. You know, but what I want to also focus on just for the last few minutes is this. You're seated with Jesus. Think about that. The most important table in the universe, the most important table, you have a seat, a place designated for you at that table. I want you to think about that. You know, we were over in the States um, and my son, um, because of his father-in-law, my son was invited to the White House and my husband went with him and, um, you know, they were guests of honour at this big prayer luncheon and, you know, it was all a big deal. But that's nothing to being seated Right at the most important table in the entire universe, you have a place. The host has got you next to him, and you belong. You belong. Can I ask you this though? Are you living like someone who's actually seated at that table? Are you really living like that? Or are you living like someone who isn't sure they're even invited or is still trying to prove? their worth that they and or believe in their heart that they even have a seat do you really believe that because that's what God's word says he says you are seated with me in the heavenly realm next to Jesus you have a spot you belong you it is your spot no one can take it it's yours and God is saying sit down with me you belong You don't have to strive. You don't have to earn it. It was given to you, right? And you see, this is how an orphan spirit operates. You never feel that you belong. You never feel that. I've had men, one man said to me, even in his own family, he never felt that he belonged. 
Well, can I just tell you that that spirit's going tonight, right? Because you have a seat at the most important table in the universe. You belong. Jesus wants you. He's saying together, together, together. We're going to do it together. I want you. I want you there. He chose you. He chose you and He wants you. And you're not an orphan any longer. You belong. It's time for you to take your place. And do you remember the story of the prodigal son? There were two sons, you know, and both of them really had orphan spirits because the story is about two, two sons of the father. And the father was really, it was a parable about the father God. And we know that one son went off and wasted his inheritance, but he came back, he repented, and he knew enough about the father to know that the father wanted him, right? And he ran back to him. But the other son, it was very sad because at the banquet, the oldest son, because he was jealous, he didn't want to come. And the Bible says that the father pleaded with him to come, but he wouldn't come in, take his seat. He wouldn't come in. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you know, some of you, because you see other people are honoured or other people are getting breakthroughs or, you know, other people are, seem to be way ahead. And you're like the orphan. You're just stepping back. You're saying, no, nah, I, I don't belong. I don't belong. You know, it's like, God's like, there's your seat. Come on, take your seat. I want you here with me. Come on, sit down. But you're like, no, no, I, I don't belong. I don't, I, no. And the Lord is saying, no, come on, come on. And every time, if you have that twinge when someone else gets the breakthrough that you really, really wanted, can you just remind yourself at this table, there's no shortage, all right? There's no shortage of breakthrough. It's not like there's a limited amount. You see, that's how an orphan thinks because there's a limited amount and there's not enough for them. At the table of the Lord, there's more than enough. There's more than enough. Every need will be met. And when someone else gets their breakthrough, that's the Lord saying, yours is on the way. Yours is on the way. Yours is on the way. So come on, we're not gonna have that anymore, right? But if you don't take your seat that Jesus wants you to have, you see, our sense that we need to belong. We need to feel we belong. But what I found is if you don't take that seat with Jesus, you try and earn a seat at other tables. Instead of sitting with Jesus, you start to join some of these other tables, like the smart person's table, right? Where, you know, you have to fight hard to get there and you have to certainly fight hard to stay but you want to earn a place at the smart person's table or the one that's got all the degree table or the successful businessman table or the outstanding parent table or the worst, that's the worst table of all or the outstanding Christian in ministry table. So you're working and you're striving and you're trying to get that sense of I belong. I belong to this group. But what you have to, have to when you fight to get that, you've got to sustain it. You've got to sustain it and it's exhausting. And one day you're gonna realise, I want out. But the Lord is saying, get up, get up, get up tonight. Get up from that table. Get up from the thin and beautiful table. Get up, get up and come and sit at the table with the Lord. Amen. Come on. 
Because you know what? If you're at those other tables, there's other two results. Either you will feel pride or you will feel a failure. There's nothing else and both of them are wrong. All right, so get up and get away from that table. Say, sorry guys, I'm off. I'm off the successful business table. If God wants my business to be blessed, it's 100% Him. It's 100% Him. He'll do it. I'm not on that table anymore. Amen. So let's get up and leave some tables. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com. Thank you.